The Gospel lesson is written in the 14th chapter of Mark, beginning at the 12th verse. And on the first day of unleavened bread, when they sacrificed the Passover lamb, his disciples said to him, Where will you have us go and prepare for you to eat the Passover? And he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him, and wherever he enters, say to the master of the house, The teacher says, Where is my guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room, furnished and ready. There prepare for us. And the disciples set out and went to the city and found it just as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover. And when it was evening, he came with the twelve. And as they were reclining at table and eating, Jesus said, Truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They began to be sorrowful and to say to him one after another, Is it I? He said to them, It is one of the twelve, one who is dipping bread into the dish with me. For the Son of Man goes as it is written of him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. And as they were eating, he took bread, and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to them, and said, Take, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly, I say to you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. On this Thursday, we remember the events of a Thursday centuries ago. That day, in turn, was steeped in a moment generations before it. Today, we embrace the holy and divine as we remember that Thursday night. It was the conclusion of a busy day in Jerusalem. In addition to the permanent residents of the city— Thousands of faithful Jews from elsewhere were thronging into the city for the Passover. So imagine the scene. The streets are crowded as preparations are made. In the houses, the cooks are preparing the big meal, while freshly slaughtered lambs are roasting. Bread made without leavening is being shaped and baked. Tables are set and prepared for the important feast. It's the 14th day of the Hebrew month of Nisan. Unlike the modern Western calendar, which begins in the midst of winter, the Hebrew year 
begins in spring, as the earth springs to life again, leafing out and turning green. Nisan is the first month of the year. The 14th is a Thursday. The day will not end at midnight, as American days do in the 21st century. The day ends at sundown. So Nisan 14 will become the 15th of Nisan as the sun sets. As Nisan 15 begins, the Passover feast is celebrated. Jesus is about to die. He will be dead before Nisan 15 ends. His death will come in the afternoon, before sundown ends the day. All four gospel writers detail what Jesus says and what he does on this day of his crucifixion. Every Jew will have a place to be on this Passover night, gathering and reclining around low tables to eat with friends and family. For Jews who live in Jerusalem or who have relatives who are residents, the feast with a roasted lamb at the center will be celebrated in a family home. For those who've come from outside the city, a dining space is reserved for the evening. As the sun sinks to the horizon, people walk the crooked, narrow streets of Jerusalem to reach their destination. They all need to be in their places when night falls. Once the sun passes below the horizon, the Passover feast will begin. Jesus came into the city of Jerusalem to great fanfare. On the previous Sunday, he's insisted on being in the city for the Passover, despite the fact that he is under threat from the Jewish authorities. Although cheering crowds greeted Jesus' entry into the city on the previous Sunday, his disciples have no reason to celebrate coming into Jerusalem. They've urged him to stay away because of the danger. Jesus' words to them have included the talk of his death to come. The time is drawing near, and they know it. A large upper room is prearranged by Jesus for the Passover meal. And that Thursday, Peter and John with the other disciples see to it that all the preparations are undertaken. They spend the day making everything ready for the group of 13 who will gather at sunset to eat the unleavened bread and the roast lamb, which are traditional elements of the feast. So night falls. The meal is ready. Jesus arrives and climbs the stairs to the room on the upper story. In the room is a low table laden with food and drink. Cushions line the perimeter of the table so everyone can recline at ease. The inner circle of 12 is there to share the feast with Christ. This will be Jesus' last supper, the last meal he will share before his cruel death by crucifixion. He will be dead before the sun sets again. Although the Passover 
is a time of feasting and glad remembrance. A pall hangs over this table. Death stands near. Death is a key element of the story of Passover. The image of the slain lamb always stalks this meal, its blood dripping so that God's people are saved from death. As recounted in the book of Exodus, Jews eat this meal for the first time on the evening before the freedom from Egyptian slavery comes. The covenant of salvation is the theme of Passover, a remembrance of God's saving love and his promised deliverance from bondage and death. Now, Jesus is the new lamb. Years before this night, John the Baptist proclaimed Jesus' coming with these words, Behold the Lamb of God. Just as the blood of the Passover lamb saves the Israelites from death in Egypt, so will Jesus' blood on the cross bring salvation to all who believe in him. Jesus is the new lamb. The Passover lamb in Exodus is hastily eaten on the night before freedom from Egyptian slavery comes. The Passover meal that Jesus and the disciples eat will happen the night before the crucifixion ransoms humankind from the slavery of sin. Now, when we think about that first Passover in Egypt, we usually think about the Israelites dodging the midnight swath of death that falls on the Egyptians, whose firstborn sons will die. But death actually visits the Israelite homes, too. Theologian Tim Keller reminds us that technically, death came to every house, both Egyptian and Israelite. In every house, there was either a dead son or a dead lamb. Death comes to all. In the homes of the Israelites, the lamb got what the son would have received. The lamb was a substitute. The lamb got the punishment that the firstborn son would have had. In every Israelite house, then, the firstborn son looks at the table knowing he lives because of the death of the lamb. And he's thinking, the only reason I'm not dead is because that is. It's a substitutionary act. One must die so the other will live. There's a price to be paid for deliverance from slavery. For a bigger bondage, a bigger price must be paid. On the Thursday night before the crucifixion, Jesus comes to this Passover meal with all the powerful history behind it. Jews have been already doing this for over a thousand years. Jesus presides over the meal, as would be expected. The presider's job at a Passover feast is to explain the meal. 
The history of Exodus 12 is recounted. The meaning of those events gives the presider what to say. Now, the disciples have all been doing Passover meals since they were tiny. They know exactly what words should come out of Jesus' mouth as they recline around the table. There are questions to ask and answer at a Passover meal. Fulfilling the command of God to commemorate the events and teach them to the generations. Why is tonight different from all other nights? Why is unleavened bread eaten? Why is a roasted lamb the centerpiece of the feast? But instead of just the standard recitations, Jesus says, this bread is my body. Then he says, the wine is his blood. But there are three things to focus on this night at this Passover table. Unleavened bread, wine, and the lamb. So Jesus talks about the bread. It's his body. He talks about the wine. It's his blood. But what about the lamb? He's the lamb, the centerpiece of this feast. He does not mention that lamb on a platter because he is the new lamb. The world has been moving toward this central event in human history. This is it. The final, true, perfect lamb will endure suffering and bloody death. It's a substitutionary act for ultimate salvation. Now the stain of sin will be erased, cleansed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb of God, Christ. This is a night unlike all other nights. John the Baptist had said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. God gives his Son the new Lamb. And this night, this meal testifies to this great truth. This Lamb, Christ, will carry a cross and the sin of all history will be laid on him in a substitutionary act. He dies, so we will live. The lamb without sin, without spot or blemish, will die, so that we, who are consumed by sin, who are full of spot and blemish, will live. Behold, the Lamb of God. Don't just glance, look, take it in. The Lamb of God hangs dead so that you will live. See your name written in the blood of the Lamb. Behold the Lamb of God. In a few minutes, you will have the opportunity to partake of the body and blood of Jesus Christ, crucified for you 
His holy presence is offered to you. Receiving it, you are nourished in body and soul in a mystical union. Come in faith to receive the holy things of God in the true body and blood of Jesus, God incarnate. Amen.